Amen. So I get the awesome privilege of inviting forward our Lenten speaker. And so just like we do normally during this Lenten season, we are going to ask um, congregation members to speak and to share about what God has done in their life. And as Pastor Dan said, this beautiful message of uprooted. And it's actually amazing to me, our speaker, Eric Hansen, um, I got to know him pretty well uh, this summer as we traveled together. Um, God bless Eric's heart to Duluth as mission trip chaperones. Um, we were in a 12-passenger van with a bunch of middle schoolers, and while they had their headphones in, we got to chat, and I got to hear Eric's heart and his heart for God. And um, when we started talking about being uprooted and people of faith, I just thought of Eric, and he said yes. And even on Monday when I called him and said, will you still say yes, even if we do it this way? He said, absolutely. And so we are excited to invite, invite Eric Hansen into this space. Um, and with that, we are going to ask that you listen as Eric shares a little bit about his faith story. Take it away, Eric. All right. Uh, thank you, Hope. Um, and thank you for having me speak tonight. It's uh, I guess I must be somewhat special to be able to share a little bit uh, about my message, uh, about my life, um, and I hope everyone at home uh, is hope is healthy uh, and safe uh, tonight, and, and thank you for allowing me to share this message with you. Uh, for those who don't know me, uh, my daughter Lindy and I have been coming to Living Waters for about three years, mostly on Sundays. We've been privileged with singing in the worship band with Hope on occasion. Uh, prior to that, we had bounced around a couple different uh, churches in town until finding Living Waters. Just some personal background. Uh, I grew up the youngest in a family of five, uh, the only boy, so I had to hear a lot. Why does Eric get his own room and why doesn't he have to share his stuff? Well, you can about imagine there were a lot of perks in, in that regard. But growing up in that household, I also formed another title thanks to my father. Now, how many know out there, if you could raise your hands, if I could see them, uh, what a PK is? I'm sure a lot could raise your hand. And by that, I don't mean a place kicker in football or a, you know, a penalty kick in soccer. No, a PK in my terms was a preacher's kid or a pastor's kid. My dad was an ELCA Lutheran pastor for 43 years. He's retired now, but he still spot preaches every now and then. And like many pastors, we didn't stick in one place my whole life. In fact, we moved three times and a fourth time since I moved out many years ago. As a PK, though, usually you get thought of as one of two stereotypes. Either you're the good kid who's that, like that little angel who never gets in trouble, knows the Bible backwards and forwards, or you're the kid who wants to break free from that, the rebellious one who doesn't want to be that good kid. Well, I can honestly say I was more of the first kind. I had to go to church every Sunday, sat in the front, never in the back, Oh, no. And when you're a PK, your family, they have to lead by example. You'll probably notice Pastor Dan's family, they're always in the front, never in the back. And I knew that green hymnal by heart, memorized it. But was I that little angel? 
I can say I've never smoked a cigarette, never done drugs, but I have touched alcohol and not just church wine, had a few speeding tickets in my lifetime, even watched rated R movies. But growing up as a PK was conflicting. I had a feeling that I had to live up to those expectations, good or bad. Kids thought I was too goody-goody to do the rebellious things, and I would give in to the peer pressure at times to prove them wrong. I'm sure many of us have felt that way, having to live up to expectations. You don't have to be a PK. Maybe your parents were doctors or lawyers, teachers, farmers, whatever it may be, you felt like you had to follow in their footsteps, even if they never pressured you to do so. My parents never pressured me to become a pastor like dad, but that doesn't mean it didn't follow me around. My senior year of high school, our football team asked me to lead the Lord's Prayer before every game. Gee, I wonder how I got picked for that one. My folks had to go out of town for an emergency family funeral, but having no time to find a substitute pastor, mom figured, why not just have Eric lead the service? Now, I had been in theater plays, sang in choir, but to stand up in front of your entire congregation and lead the entire service, I felt, what if I screw up the wording of that green hymnal book that I had memorized my whole life? I didn't want to let my parents down and maybe God down. For graduation, our school decided our class was the first to not have a pastor lead prayer before service because of the whole church and school separation thing, but instead they'd leave it up to the class to decide if they wanted someone to lead opening prayer. Well, I'll give you one guess who was asked to do that. In fact, in the town paper it said, Eric Hansen, son of Reverend Dwayne Hansen of Peace Lutheran, will lead prayer before. Like that was the only stipulation for choosing me, or like I had some spiritual pipeline to my dad going on. It was both an honor and a lot of pressure at the same time. When I went off to college, I didn't know who I was. I avoided church. Now, like I said before, it's not like I went out and began robbing stores or anything, but I'm sure like many of us have felt, where do I belong? What's my place in this world? How do I make my own mark without having to live up to someone's expectations? Years later, I've got a career. I end up getting married, have a child, and stepkids. Seemed like things were going in the right direction until it didn't. My wife lost her job. Within a month later, after 14 years in the television business, I was let go for a younger, shinier, better-looking model. A few months later, my wife and I separated and got divorced. It was amicable, but things just didn't work out. But one after another, the hits just seemed to keep coming. My career felt like it was over. Marriage, done. And, this, and I came from this old, old school of not just giving marriage a try, but when I got married, I was on that old adage of, till death do us part. Like my grandparents, who were married for over 60 years till my grandpa died. And I couldn't even make it past seven What do I do now? Many times I had to ask God and myself that question. What do I do now? Where do I fit in this world? Where do I belong? 
I can't have a career, a marriage, that big house with the white picket fence and family trips to Disneyland. Instead, you're now a single parent. You're living in a small apartment, working overnights, stocking shelves at Walmart. I felt this big. But in asking God of my belonging in this world, I came across this verse. It's from Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Again, you are all one in Christ Jesus. So maybe I'm not living up to someone's or even my own expectations, but no matter how important you think you are, from the big boss on the top floor of a skyscraper to the tattered homeless person living out on the street, we are all the same in God's eyes. I came to realize one thing I was really missing when my career was flourishing, married with a family of my own, was God. But wait, you're a PK. You're supposed to have that pipeline. It's supposed to be in your blood. Heck, even my older sister became a pastor, which also makes me a PB, pastor's brother. But even if every member of my family became pastors, if you don't give God some time and start seeing the little miracles happening around you, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, they begin to take over. I had to start seeing those little miracles and realize my place in the world. Marriage, good career, big home, they may never happen again, but that's okay. Watching my daughter become an intelligent young woman, she surprises me every day with her experiences, talents, and maturity for such a young age. Along with singing her heart out, she writes her own songs, she likes to play piano, and she taught herself guitar. Her favorite subject is math. Math! She loves to create art, and I can tell you her mother and I, we didn't teach her any of these things. But as they say, she has been gifted with it. This past summer, I was privileged to chaperone, as Hope said, the middle schoolers, including my daughter, on the mission trip to Duluth. Now, if you think the youth of this world is headed in the wrong direction, I can tell you I've never been more proud seeing and hearing about her work to help others less fortunate, working alongside her peers to uh, work, uh, working alongside her peers from various congregations from Minnesota. Those kids amazed me, absolutely amazed me praying over them, experiencing the joy and uplifted hearts and minds of those kids, you could truly see God at work. Talk about little miracles. The only expectations I have now is making sure I'm only there to listen, encourage, offer advice as long as it doesn't involve more than simple arithmetic. I don't know the Bible backwards and forwards. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life and had plenty of regret, and still I have lots of questions. No, I am not the goody-goody little angel so many expect me to just be as a PK. Hopefully, you can all find happiness and peace knowing God doesn't expect you to be wealthy, powerful, and have it all together. All he asks is you get to know him and follow his path. That's the only footsteps we need to follow. I'll leave you today with this verse. It's from Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. 
I encourage you to open that door and fill yourselves up with His Holy Spirit. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for sharing that good news. Thank you for uh, being a great PK and PB. Um, do you get some PBJK? I, I don't know. Yeah. Sincerely, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing um, some profound things for all of sure. us. Really appreciated it. Um, we're thankful for all of you out there, too. And as he ends his, his uh, message for us, um, can you join us in prayer? Let's pray. God, you are so good. God, you, as Eric just so powerfully reminded us, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it all together. We don't even have to have math skills. But God, remind us right now. Remind us through the impact of Eric's words and of his heart that your heart is so huge for him and for all of us, especially in this time. God, help us maybe to, to feel you and, and to experience you and to know you're with us right now. Help us to have peace with that. And we pray for your blessing as we do some hard things, as we distance ourselves from others, from, from um, not only our neighbors, but family and friends. But in the middle of that, remind us you're right there with us. We love you. Amen.